What is the biggest fear that you have that would hold you back from attaining any of your dreams? For me, when it came to traveling, my biggest fear was losing somebody that I loved. I didn't think that I would be able to handle it if a family member or a friend or anything like that, um, if they weren't there when I came home. Because I felt like I'd blame myself. I felt like I would feel like it was all of my fault and, you know, think that I shouldn't be enjoying my life when someone that I cared so much about died. And that fear held me back for a long time, and it actually ended up becoming a fear that I had to face and overcome. And I know that I'm not alone in dealing with death from overseas, and so I invited my very dear friend Anna Holder on the show today um, for the two of us to discuss our experiences with losing our grandfathers as well as um, discussing the differences between traveling solo for a year just to go abroad like I did, or traveling solo for a year to do a foreign exchange program, which Anna did, just because I don't think the whole entire thing should be very morbid and sad today. So with that, please join us for this conversation, and at the end, you can head to my website and leave any comments or thoughts that you'd like to share on some of your own experiences if you've dealt with things like this before, um, and hopefully maybe this will be healing to some of you, because I know for myself and Anna, it took us a while to get there. So without further ado, here we go. Welcome to the Life in Another World podcast where world travelers reflect on the impact of their experiences. I'm your host, Andrew J. Stillman, and now, let's dive in. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Life in Another World podcast. I am your host, Andrew J. Stillman, and today I have the lovely Anna Holder with me. Hi, Anna. Hi! Um, if you have subscribed to my blog um, and you've gotten that free report titled How to Drop Everything and Go Without Losing Your Mind, you might recognize Anna as the person who influenced me, I guess, to not travel <laughs> inadvertently, but who instilled a fear in me that I eventually had to overcome. And that fear was um, actually losing somebody on the trip. And we are going to be talking about that a little bit today on the show. And I also want to talk a little bit about um, traveling abroad versus just studying abroad. Because Anna studied and I traveled. So we kind of are going to talk about the similarities and differences just because I don't want to talk about death all day. <laughs> but... I think that there is something to have been learned, correct, Anna, from, from having an experience like that. So would you, do you want to talk a little bit about what happened with you? Sure. So uh, for some backstory, before I left, uh, my grandfather wasn't doing well health-wise. And one of my biggest fears was that when I would come back, he wouldn't be there. And um, I actually told him that on my way to the airport, I left from his house and I said, you know, grandpa, I don't want to, I don't want to leave you because you're not going to be here when I get back. And my grandpa was from Texas. So he goes, oh, don't be a turkey and just <laughs> have fun. And, um, you know, I love you and all that jazz. Yeah, all that stuff. And I cried all the way to the airport. And then when I got to the airport, I was like, oh, fuck, I don't want to cry because TSA might, you know, beat me up. So, um, so I went and it was, the first couple weeks were just awful and had nothing to do with family, just I didn't have a place to live and all that culture shock and all that. Um, and then I found a home and family or Aussie family that basically adopted me and had really great housemates and, um, I think a month or two before I was, um, scheduled to go home. I got the news that my grandfather had died. And oh, was that close to the end? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. And so I thought about just quitting and going home because mm -hmm. to be there for the funeral and and everything. And um, one of the things that my dad 
said to me was that one of my grandfather's last words were that he was so proud of me and glad that I was able to go and um, that he was a little bit jealous because he never <laughs> traveled. Um, and so my parents encouraged me to stay and finish what I had started in, in his honor and, um, and that, you know, being there for the funeral and things like that wasn't, it wasn't, um, necessary, I guess. Like I could find my own closure. I, my presence went, wasn't mandatory mm -hmm. for the family. And, um, it's kind of a good thing I wasn't there because a whole <laughs> bunch of ugly came out. Anyway. Really? Uh, yeah, so, um, but it was still really hard because yeah. it was like, I knew it was going to happen and then it happened. And, um, I mean, I was really close with the people that were there with me, uh -huh. but, um, it impacted me harder than I thought it would. So like, I couldn't get out of bed for like four days and, um, I was very vulnerable and I, have people there that I love, but they weren't family. Um, so overcoming that took a, a little time and mm -hmm. strength. Um, <laughs> and I think one of the reasons that I could get through it was because, because I'm such a nerd and I didn't want to fail my classes. So I had to like get back. <laughs> That's to, not a bad thing. No, no, it was a, it was a nice distraction. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it was hard. Yeah. Mine was a bit different because, well, one, I went home for the funeral, but I was fortunate because, but the family kind of pitched in and bought me a ticket. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was just, they're like, oh, it's a long flight. I'm like, the flight doesn't really, especially if I'm not paying for it, the flight is yeah. like null and void. Yeah. Um, but I also, <clears throat> I... When I left for New Zealand, I didn't even get to really say goodbye to anybody in my family because they all caught the flu and they wanted me to not get it. And I did anyway. So it was just like totally pointless. I did get to say goodbye to my grandparents before I left. Mm -hmm. um, but my and my grandma basically told me goodbye. So she was the one saying like we might not be here when you get back or at least mm. one of us. Yeah. And it was really like, okay, thanks grandma. Yeah, but cheers. like it was, it was in a, in a way to try to be like positive about like, we want you to know that you love, we love you. And if this is the last time, we just want to make sure that you know that, you know, but for me, because I couldn't say goodbye to anybody. Well, two weeks after I, I showed up in New Zealand, I was there for two weeks and then I got the message that my grandpa had cancer and that it looked like someone had taken powdered sugar and just like thrown it across his stomach and they all turned into tumors. And it was right when I got there and I hadn't been able to say goodbye to my parents. Like I didn't even get to like hug and kiss them goodbye. So I carried that for like, and it was right at the beginning. And I was like, what? Like, I shouldn't do this. I should go home. Like, like, uh, uh like, because this is the one thing that I can't, I can't handle and it's happening already. Yeah. Um, so I when like you wouldn't have even been settled. Yeah. Yeah. No, mm -mm, I was still totally culture <laughs> shocked. Totally like but adrenaline rush at the same time. Yeah. But I think that it's a lot harder at first than anything. Mm -hmm. I think it gets, I mean, it definitely gets easier along the way, but I right. think people think that you're just going to be so like adrenaline out that like everything's great. And it's so mm -hmm. like, because when you're traveling for a couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But when you're like, okay, well I have a whole year. Yeah. Like, uh, like it is a little bit different, but, um, so I care, I, for just a couple of months, I was just really sad. And my, pa my grandparents, their, um, 65th anniversary was in that June after I left and it was father's day and my mom and I planned for me to come home for a surprise visit and we split the ticket cost and like we split it 50 50 mm -hmm. and like it was kind of a chunk of change but it was so perfect because my last memory of my grandfather got to be surprising the the hell out of him because i i walked into church with for them on their anniversary day before their party and my they looked at me my whole family my mom and my sister were the only ones who knew so nobody even had any idea and they all looked at me and I, I thought i was going to be the one that killed them because i thought they were going to freaking have a heart attack being so shocked and surprised like where did you come from 
Um, but then I, I'm glad that that ended up being my last memory with him because then I came back and about two months later, around September, because I left in April and around September he actually died. Mm-hmm. And then I got to go home for the funeral because they bought me the ticket and I was like, yeah, because at that time there had been cousins that I never, I hadn't seen in so long and I was going to be the only person in the family that was not there. And I didn't want to have that either. But it was the same thing as your family. Like, they were like, don't worry about it. Like, it's like it's not like we're going to hold it against you or anything like that. But no, but you're going to hold it against... Like, it, I still feel bad yeah. that I wasn't there. Yeah. And I'm I'm happy that I was able to be there cause, yeah. because I didn't pay for it. But if it had been up to me to get there, I wouldn't have been able to go either. And I... <clears throat> I don't know, because in a lot of, like, when my family went out out there, they were talking about how jealous they were of me for not having to be there for any of that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even, I don't know how I would have felt if I didn't go to the funeral now, now that it's all, because I, I actually right. did go, but I do think that going made it harder to come back, because it was ha- it was literally halfway. Yeah. Like, I, can't, I have my journal that I kept, and literally, like, six months on the dot, it's like, and Grandpa's dead, like, what? am I going to do now? And it was right. And they, they have their like opposite seasons or whatever. Mm -hmm. So September is like right in the middle of winter. Like I couldn't go out and like enjoy the sunlight or like do anything because it was raining, it's snowing. It's like all that stuff. And it was the same thing with you. Like I had my family out there, but for me, I mean, it was different because I had just moved to Wellington. I'd been there for like three weeks. So it was Mm -hmm. like, great. So I've, I've met these people who think I'm cool and now I'm a basket case. (laughs) And I just moved into this house with people that I just met and I'm a mess Yeah. and I'm crying and I'm depressed and like, and it was really like the worst, the absolute worst thing. But then at the end, I mean, and I think that it's something that we can kind of agree on is you, you grow so much from that because you learn how to appreciate every relationship and every person and every like day and every memory that you have because you really don't know when it's the last. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things that my grandpa said before that I left was that um, he wanted me to enjoy life and Mm -hmm. enjoy the experience because I think, I don't know, I think he knew that um, he wasn't going to be around much longer, and so maybe he was saying goodbye to me the same yeah. way that your grandparents did, but at the same time, he didn't want to, like, break your admit heart that. before you yeah. leave. Yeah. Because I was, like, you know, shaking and sobbing, and he's like, oh, God, there's a lady that's crying. I don't know what to do. Um, but one of the things that I learned from him while he was still living and now that he's passed is that you really have to be thankful for things that you have Mm -hmm. and enjoy the people around you and, you know, live life to the fullest, all of that, you know, Hallmark card shit. Like that's how you need to be happy and live your life. And I really think (laughs) that you should never blame yourself when something bad like that does happen because, you know, I think that you probably know how it feels, but that whole time it's like, see, like I knew, I, shouldn't have left. I knew that if you left, I knew that I didn't you, go, that he go, would still it, be here. Exactly, exactly, mm-hmm. and that to me was the hardest thing to deal with because I had spent so long convincing myself that if I go, it's going to happen, and then I finally was like, I can't let that hold me back, and then it happened, yeah. and then I went through like an equal like if I'd have just gone, <laughs> <laughs> or if I'd have just waited, yeah. you know what I mean? And it still became that same big debate, and at the end of it, you just you can't wait for somebody to die to start living your own life. And I think that that was the thing that, like, even as sadistic as it is, I think that that was the biggest lesson I had to learn because that was what I was doing. I was not traveling. I was not living my life because I was waiting for everyone I cared about to die first Yeah. because I was too scared that they were going to do it when I wasn't going to be around. And I think that that was a really bad thing to do for myself because I think that you should, they're always like, you know, don't live your life for other people. And that goes to the same, I don't wait for everyone to die because what, like, what's that doing for me? That's doing nothing. Well, and one of the things, so when I was at my um, best mate, Jordy's house, her mom came up to help kind of provide support for me one weekend. And I was telling her, you know, all these things about how if I just didn't go and, you know, it's all my fault. And she kind of looked at me and I'll never forget the look in her eyes. She's like, 
Dal, it's not about you. Yeah. It's, you know, he was going to go whether or not you were there. And he supported you coming here. And you have to honor that by finishing your the program and um, enjoying your travels and not being just some mopey, dumbass American exactly. while you're here. Exactly. And so, you know, mourn and do what you got to do, but don't let it stop yeah. you from enjoying your this wonderful experience yeah. that many people don't get. Yeah. I do, I mean, I do think that the mourning process abroad is much different than any because I've I've had people close to me die here. Mm-hmm. I mean, and death is never a good feeling. I mean, it's never like woohoo. I mean, maybe to some people, <laughs> some people, but like no one that I personally lost has brought me like yes, they're dead, you know. Because but it's I think it's so much more lonely when you're in a foreign country because. I mean, it's hard to feel understood just as it is when you're a foreigner. Um, and I don't, I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think that's what helps you grow so much is because you really have to take a look at who you are. And especially as an American, you might have gotten this a lot as well. We have an accent too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we think that they're the ones with the accent and they're like, oh, you're American accent. Mm-hmm. It's like American accent. Like, what are you talking about? Well, or the Hollywood. I, I told <laughs> her I sounded like I belonged in the movies. I'm like, oh, you're from California. It's like, you you sound like you're from the movies. I'm like, oh my God. Like I got that a lot and it was weird. <laughs> but. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I, I just remember about, you know, trying to figure out who I was and how I saw myself. But what was also really interesting was figuring out how I was perceived as an American Mm. because I went through this election season the whole entire thing from the all the candidates announcing their run Mm -hmm. up until the California primaries so yeah I know how it feels to be an American yeah getting looked at well and so when I was there George Bush was in his last term oh and it was before Obama it was before Obama and so it was like are you exactly like him like do you think that he planned 9-11, all these, yeah. you know, theories, and, you know, I had to really think about... Yeah, because people that. don't understand. Well, just like, like we don't Americans, understand like, Americans, cultures. I'm saying, like, oh, Americans yeah. don't understand, like, how other people look at us. Yeah, well, and I'll never forget, <laughs> we were um, at the clubs one night, a bunch of my housemates and I, and um, we were at Macca's, because mm-hmm. that's where you go Macca's. when you, you shit face. Is that what they call McDonald's, too? Uh-huh. Macca's? Yes. And um, we were standing outside, and people were getting food or whatever, and I wasn't drinking then, so I was making sure that everyone was, like, still <laughs> okay. Um, but this sloshed, sloshed bogan comes up to me. The bogan. And he I goes, and he's like, aw, you're Canadian. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, mate, I'm, I'm not. I'm from California. He's like, no, no, you're Canadian. No, I. You have a better Aussie accent than I do a Kiwi accent. Oh. I, you know, I cannot get the Kiwi accent down to save my life. Oh, but continue. so I, um, I didn't like. You can't argue with a drunk person. No. But I also wanted to fend, like, be proud of the fact that I come from America, and but it just wasn't happening. I was like, you know what, bro, you're right. I'm from Quebec. You caught me. And he's like, I knew it. And he left, and it was like his happiest moment ever. And all my friends were like, you're from Canada? And I was like, no, I really am from California. I just yeah. wanted to go away. But um, th- how people perceive me as being Canadian or, or American, that. depending on the situation, sometimes mm-hmm. you're like, yep, I'm from Canada because yeah. I just didn't want to deal with yeah. everything that's attached to our country. I just got a lot of... So is everybody like the Kardashians? Are there just palm trees everywhere? Does it really never rain? And when, especially when people ask about the rain, I'm like, yeah, and that's not a good thing because it's a whole state's on fire. Yeah. Like, what do you mean it's on fire? There's no water. It doesn't rain. When we say it doesn't rain, like, yeah. we went three years without a single drop. I'm like, how does that even happen? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I got, because I'm from Napa Valley, oh, so got I got, questions. Are is it like the parent trap? Does everyone oh. own a winery? And I'm like, no, we're broke. We don't. Yeah. I don't drink wine. Anyway. But, so, but yeah. I mean, like, with that perception, like, just getting back to the topic, in a lot of ways, for me, 
when I was out there and like I was changing so much, mm-hmm. I felt like the child in me was dying. As I, but not in, but in a way that like because I was becoming an adult mm-hmm. and because I was becoming like like a stable human, you know what I mean? And it was like I was losing that that last sense of innocence before I became an adult. Does that make sense? Yeah, I um, I didn't see it as dying. I saw it as myself evolving because yeah. I I feel like yeah, like I'm not gonna enjoy the same things that my four-year-old self liked, yeah. but that person is still in me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, um, I agree with yeah. that. I, but I guess for me that involvement just came with this sense of nostalgia that just felt like everything was dying. But just, I mean, cause relating it back to dealing with death, I felt like like I was losing everything. Like I lost my when I when Grandpa died mm-hmm. because I, because of the evolve and the change that was occurring in myself and this nostalgic state that I already had. And about six months in is when you I think when you really realize like what you've gotten yourself into. <laughs> yeah. Because you have you realize everything that you've given up, everything that you've done. Like already, like wow, six months like that's crazy. And it's kind of a really crazy feeling to hit that six month mark to be like wow. And by then, because by then you're so acclimatized that it's like how am I supposed to go back now to that old life mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and then you kind of feel guilty about thinking that and then someone dies and then you're like I'm just the worst like ever well and I think what so I think one thing that shaped how I moved on was the fact that I experienced death really intensely as a young person mm. and so um, one of the things that I, like when I first heard about grand grandpa, it was like, of course he died. This is what happens to me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just got really bitter and angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to move past that, but because of the previous experiences with death that I had, I was able to like move move through the stages of mourning relatively quickly yeah um and like a couple of them would happen all at once like when I didn't get out of bed for four days like I was going through everything during that time and then like once I just accept that it's real and there's nothing I can do about it and it's like all right well there goes that let's go get some breakfast (laughs) (laughs) so yeah did you ever feel guilty when you were moving on Cause I, I think that that for me became what held me back the most because then it's just like how, like now how am I supposed to go out and just like be happy? You know what I mean? Like how am I supposed to find happiness? Yeah. And I, I mean, everybody understands what it is like to go through death, but I mean, I really Uh, do think that it's different. Yeah. And I really do think that it's especially different when you're abroad. Yeah. And I think that that for me was the hardest thing to describe to other people who were like local and like all their family was right there. And it's just like, I'm 7,000 miles away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't just like hop on a ferry and be home in a couple of minutes, you know? Well, I obviously did go home, but that was because it was a gift. And I remember, um, so before grandpa died, I got to speak with him on Skype and that like cell phone, he still threw his cell phone in the washer because (sighs) why wouldn't you? Um, and he, mom, you know, brought Skype up and we're talking and then she kind of turns the computer and says, Hey, you know, dad, here's on a rose. And he didn't realize it. And so like, he wasn't talking to me, mm. but he was like, well, where the hell is she? Like, oh, <laughs> she's no grandpa. He's that she's was... right there. And, um, that was my last yeah. experience. I had him. that too. And my mom told me that I was the last grandchild to see him before he, lost it yeah because he was like alive but like not himself for a few days yeah Yeah. but so like I was the last grandchild to have oh hi Andrew and like and he was the same way like so just like where where, (laughs) what the hell is this yeah that's what they call New Zealand (laughs) I just show like look where I am grandpa like oh is that that New Zealand yeah (laughs) well and I think um the technology was great to be able to experience that but after like, when my parents were telling me that Grandpa had passed, like, Skype froze, 
Uh, and like, I didn't even. I got we a had to call four times. I had a text. I didn't even get a call. I had a text. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, I don't know. It was just surreal, and um, but it was part of the experience. And I think you're right that when you're abroad, especially as a young person, when you're still like figuring out who you are. Um, how old were you? Sorry to interrupt. Just how old were you when you went? Twenty. Or were you 21? I or were you turned still in teens? 21 when I was there. So it was okay. like 20 okay. and then I turned 21 in November and then I came back late November. Okay, cool. Continue. Um, I remember what I was saying. Oh, but when you're figuring out who you are and you're thrown into, or you throw yourself into a, a, an environment that you're not, comfortable with mm -hmm. and I feel like I kind of chose a safe country because um, there it's a western world mm -hmm. and they speak English you know I didn't have I mean there are definitely sometimes language barriers but not like you know if I were to go to Japan mm -hmm. or um, you know Germany or something like yeah. that so I, I definitely thought of that and didn't want to make myself too um, foreign, I guess, because I could totally fake being an Aussie for a short period of time. Um, Everyone thought I was British. I could never, I could never pull off it. I still can't. Every time I try to be a Kiwi, they're like, you sound British. I'm like, you sound British. <laughs> That's what you don't understand. You sound British. No, we're Kiwi. No, you're British. I'll never forget. I was taking a, a train or something anyway, and... The guy that, you know, takes your ticket or whatever. And I was walking off the train. I was like, oh, good day, mate. And he's like, oh, good day. How you going? And I'm like, oh, all right, thanks. You know, how are you? And he, like, he didn't know I was American. I totally fooled him. At least this is what I thought in my brain. He was probably just doing his job and being like, just get off the train, bitch. Just <laughs> but I was so excited that he, he thought I was Australian. And I went home and told my housemates. And they're like, good for you. <laughs> anyway. You did it. Yeah. I was um, blending in. I would like to move away from this death conversation now okay. because I feel like we've we've discussed it and I, I'm sad. Well, I, <laughs> I'm not but, sad. I feel uplifted. But I think time. one thing that, um, a positive thing that I took away was that um, it's just another part of who you are and that experience makes you who you are and... There's nothing we could have done about it, um, and I think by putting ourselves out there and traveling, our grandparents um, are, proud. are proud of us, mm -hmm. and um, so, yeah, it was hard, and it's, you know, it still makes me sad when I think that Grandpa's not here and that I can't share things with him, but at the same time, it, um, it's okay. And, and it's helped make you a stronger person. That's how I feel. I feel like it has made me stronger. Because for me, especially because it was the one, like, the biggest fear that I had, and then I had to face it. Yeah. And then overcoming that really was like, all right, well, I can really handle anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do I do want to talk a little bit about your schooling experience. Because okay. you, you, did you do the exchange program through Monterey? We went to college together, everybody who's listening. <laughs> University, if you're one of them. Uni. Yeah, uni. Yeah. We did uni. Yeah. <laughs> um, and did you do through? Yeah, so one of the reasons that I decided to study abroad was because um, the program that I went through, CSU, International Programs, you still get your state grants and things and they, they'll be applied to your international tuition. Okay. So for me, it was like I could study abroad for 10 months for like 2000 bucks out of pocket. Was it really that? Was so, it? it was something like that. Yeah, because I was getting a lot of grants and everything. So financially, and that's, you know, nobody knows me on your podcast. But <laughs> for people that do know me, it's like I, I'm, I try not to spend lots of money unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. And so um, from a financial perspective, it made sense. And based on what I was getting in terms of um, education and, and, you know, opening my mind to different cultures and, and things like that, it was worth it. And 
I'll still remember I went home um, like the Christmas before I was thinking about it and I was like, or I had just like been introduced to it and I was like, you know, dad, I think I want to study abroad and it's really exciting and we can make it work, you know, money wise and I'll take on a lot of the stuff and he's like, oh, you don't want to do that. And I'm like, no, I really did. He goes, uh, nobody believes so you. So you're, you're going to go? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to do it. And he's like, but you'd be like away from home. Though. Yeah. And I'm like, I know, isn't that great? Um, and you know, I left and then I'll never forget. I, so I went for 10 months and then I came back and they're picking me up at the airport and I had planned for, um, going back for Christmas on holiday, um, to meet up with him again. And I like literally get off the plane. I say hi to my parents. I'm like, Oh, by the way, I'm going to go back for Christmas. And my dad's like, no, you're not. And I was like, no, really I am. And he didn't believe me until I like left the following Christmas. Um, but yeah, so for me, studying abroad, um, at, well, and at CSUMB, I was getting bored <laughs> I yeah. with, <laughs> like, like some parts of the education weren't challenging enough. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I hear that. I and, think it's different now. Yeah. No, the program's we expanding, still but there, still. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to get a different a different taste for what's out there. And so, um, it just made sense to me and it, it worked. See, I wanted to, after you did it, I did want to do it. Cause obviously I knew you and I saw you go through it and I thought it was so exciting. And you knew that I had always wanted to go to New Zealand cause we always talked about this and you went down under first and, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did not have any financial aid and I did not have any state loans and I did not have any of that because I was fortunate enough that my parents paid for my schooling, yeah. but my international fee would have been the international fee out of pocket. Yeah. yeah. Like $33,000. Mm -hmm. So it was like not even like yeah. a plausible thing. And so, cause I, I always wanted to do it. I always wanted to do a year abroad. I always just thought that the only way to do abroad for a year was to go to school. I mm -hmm. thought that that was the only way that anybody could possibly spend a year in a foreign country. Right. And I, I mean, I didn't initially decide on New Zealand for a year. I've, I've talked about this a little bit on the blog, so people here will be familiar, but I only wanted like a, like a vacay. Like yeah. I need to go. Like, like I just need to like, yeah. it was only supposed to be a couple weeks at first. I was like, I just need to get out. Like yeah. I just need to go somewhere and like take a breather. And I wanted to do like the, like the Lord of the Rings tour, like the full, like three week tour. Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanted to do like three weeks and then be done. And then I found out, you know, a lot of people were saying, like, spend at least two months because there's so much. Even though it's so small, there's so much to do. And then I found out I could be there for three months because of the tourist visa. But then it was the same thing financially. It actually ended up just making more sense to spend a year because I was like, if I go for three months, I have to pay for my rent at home. I have to pay for my car at home. I have to pay for everything at home. And then I have to pay for everything I want to do out over there. And bills alone for the three months I was gone would have been close to six grand. Yeah. And I'm like, good, like that, uh-uh. <laughs> like, it's going to take me so long to save that up. Yeah. But if I literally just am like, never mind, I'm like, I'm going to go. Yeah. Uh, then it made more sense. And the money that I ended up saving up that would have covered those three months basically covered like six, seven months of travel before I got another job out mm -hmm. there and started working again. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Well, and I think one of the reasons that I was able to, to do it was because I wouldn't, the, the program that I went through had an agreement with the University of Queensland. And so I didn't have to pay. You were in Brisbane, right? Is yes, I was, okay. I was in Brisbane. So I didn't have to pay the extra like five grand on top of that, the tuition because basically I would go over there and then one of their people would come to CSUMB. So it was like a, a literal exchange program. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, but I, I was always jealous of you. Me? Because, yeah, because it was great to study and you know, I'm, I'm a total nerd and I love my books. So being able to study was really fun for me, but at the same time, I didn't get to just, you know, just do, stuff. do stuff. It was just, just like travel. Work. Yeah. I mean, I had some opportunities like during the breaks and things to go to the reef because, 
you can't go to Australia and not see the Great Barrier Reef, especially yeah. as a scientist. Like, you yeah. have to, you as have, a marine biologist, yeah. isn't that what you do? Marine ecology. Yeah, yeah. you can't, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, of course I did that, um, and I was able to go to the Gold Coast a little bit, but, you know, I would have loved to have gone to the Outback and Perth and all these different places, but because of my school schedule, I, I didn't have that freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I probably could have made it work, but because I was alone, I was a little bit more timid about going too far by myself. Um, but you are just like this amazing nomad that just did whatever you wanted. And you, oh, hush. And I, You're biased because you know me. <laughs> <laughs> but it was... You've known me since um, I was, was awesome. 18, so... Yeah. <laughs> I was really happy for you and, and a little bit green with envy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was the same way with you when you had initially gone, because that was what I wanted to do. Because like I said, I thought the only... I thought that once I graduated school, the chances of me ever spending a year somewhere was exactly. like so out of question. Mm-hmm. But then I also, like, while I was gone, I also learned that a year traveling doesn't have to be a year traveling one place. Because I met people who were like, oh, yeah, I just did Southeast Asia. I was just here. I was just there. I went here. And now I'm going here next. And it was like, whoa. And then in a lot of ways, I almost felt like a failure. Because I'm like, here I am just (laughs) one year in one spot. (laughs) But at the same time, I spent my year examining every corner of that one. I went everywhere. Every coast. Every region. Every island. Like, I went everywhere. And I was like, excuse me. Excuse me. Like, out of my way. And I mean, people even that I met there, like the friends that I made, like while I was traveling, the friends I made were like, we've only got like two weeks here. And I'm like, well, bye. Nice meeting you. Like, I'll wait for the next bus and make more friends later. And I think that's one thing that I really liked about having to stay put. Is because you made friendships. Is that you made friendships, but you were also able to see um, more than just the tourist side of the culture. Mm -hmm. Because it's totally different. That was why I liked wolfing. Yeah. That was why I liked working for the families because I got that yeah. aspect of things as well. And but you can't unless you already know someone in the country and you're like mm-hmm. going to visit them, you can't get that experience just by like going to the the tourist sites and being like, oh yes, I know it's yeah, really now. It's like not, yeah, tell me where to go. Yeah. No, yeah, no, and I, I try to tell people that as well, like, yeah. don't stick to the popular stuff. The popular stuff's not always bad, especially, like, the Great Barrier Reef, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, obviously, that's something that's, like, you can't miss that, but, like, I, I think people should look for the, off the, off, off the, the beaten track, mm-hmm. and it's, like, you're never gonna go somewhere that no one's ever been, but you can right. still go places that not everybody goes to, right. to still have a different experience, yeah. and that was what I learned, because everyone... Mm-hmm on the bus with me, you know, they hop off or they like, they're all like cycling through it really fast. And I'm like, I'm just going to stop here for a little bit. They're like, you're not going to find like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm just going to go out in the bush and I'm just going to go out in the bush and I'm just going to go for hikes and I'm just going to go look around and I'm just going to go do stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I write fantasy books. Sorry. Like this is awesome. (laughs) I'm in middle earth right now. Back up off me. (laughs) Like there's Mount doom hanging out over there. Like there's Hobbiton hanging out over there. There's Mount doom on my background right now. Once we're talking. (laughs) Well, and I think, um, being open to wanting to explore that Mm -hmm. also allowed me to be a bit more receptive to people, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So when I went back the year after for Christmas, we, we were going to visit my mates, boyfriends, friends in Sydney. And so when I get there, like, of course, we need to take you to the opera house. We need to take you to this and you take me that. And I was like, you know, that's great. And we could do like a day doing those things. But if I'm here for two weeks, I want to do what like you do yeah. when you try and relax. So and I was we, able to As go... locals, we think that's boring, though. And I think, like, for me, when people are like, oh, what to do in Monterey, I'm like, mm, nothing. Well, but, so I was able to, like, go to hikes in the Blue Mountains that they were really excited about because it was, like, their special place, mm-hmm. and they were able to share that with me. Yeah. And, you know, I would... They would also like me to take... Like, like to take me with them to the shops because I, like, get so excited about, like, mangoes. Yeah. And, like, oh, how yeah. stupid Americans. I know. They, I know. <laughs> but it was so entertaining to them, yeah. and I was... I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like, it's... I still do not eat mangoes unless I'm in a tropical place because it's just... They it's just taste the like poo. They just... Do, they taste like poo. Do they have Fijoas in... I'm um, sure. In Australia. Fijoas, I would kill somebody for some Fijoas yeah. right now from New Zealand. Like, yeah. Fijoa tea, Fijoa vodka, get it to me now. Yeah. I'm desperate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, 
it was it was great to be able to kind of get deep into the culture mm -hmm. as opposed to just See, seeing the surface. I think that I just had that in a different way because yeah. I got to deepen the culture in everywhere. Yeah. And I think that the I think the thing that I learned the most was like okay when I thought about New Zealand like I just clumped New Zealand as New Zealand like I'm just gonna go to New Zealand and see everything yeah but what I learned was that each place is different and that's the truth just for life mm -hmm. and it just gave me a different perspective on life it's like every time I go to a new town I'm in some place new mm -hmm. every time I take a new walk on um, even if like here in Monterey like if I go somewhere that I've never been it's somewhere new. And I think that going new places constantly challenged me to think differently because you're always going to be a foreigner unless you're in your home, like, where, mm -hmm. like right now Monterey is not my hometown hometown, but like I lived here nine years now. Right. So like I'm a local, right. but if I hop up to San Jose right now and walk around, I'm a foreigner because I don't know yeah. what's going on. And I think that that for me was the biggest like, whoa, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, I, like we, I, I always just thought that reality was just, like, reality just around us because that's kind of what's beaten into us, like, mm -hmm. where you are is, like, where you're going. And it's just like, right. no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, where I am is not where I'm going. Like, where I am is just be. where I am today. Tomorrow I might be in some place totally different. And that's, I mean, that's changed a lot about the way I think about life mm -hmm. just in general. And, it, and I... I I feel the same way and I like to think of like keep my mind and heart open to new opportunities and new mm -hmm. people and and things like that but when I came back um, having that new perspective I went back to my hometown and saw some people that you know I'd grown up with and they had never been any, any, anywhere they never wanted to be like they were ready to just like you know get married have babies and settle and that's great for them um, and I feel like they kind of resented me a little bit because that lifestyle just doesn't fit with me. And, um, I would tell them about, you know, my super awesome adventures and they're like, yeah, well, you know, I just work and yeah. pay bills and I'm not as exciting as yeah. you. And it was like, that's not what I'm trying to say. Like yeah. I'm just trying to share my, ex <sighs> so that was also really interesting mm -hmm. is people um resent you for mm -hmm. traveling and being mm -hmm. excited about traveling and not wanting to just what, settle in your hometown what i hated the most okay especially like when my grandpa died i probably really should have called you from over there but i didn't but i always just i hated when people like if i was having a bad day just in general they didn't have to be about like the death oh you're in like, you're in new zealand it should be amazing exactly, all the time exactly what are you no what that are is you bullshit yeah, exactly like you look at what you're doing you're yeah. living and it's just you're like in yeah a beautiful place yeah it's just like but life but is can, still happening and i, I still, still feel, feel like poo in yeah. a beautiful place yeah right. it's raining today okay i can't go on a walk so <laughs> what do you want from me i'm having a bad day Fuck off. No, and another one of my friends... Part of my French, everybody. I'm trying, um, I'm trying not to curse in this show, but damn. Oh, that's not going to last long. Stole my grandma the yes. I cursed at her the other day when she told me she voted for Donald Trump. Don't even start <laughs> She's like, I'm going to get on my knees and pray for you. Because I'll say to you, <laughs> So I was talking to one of my friends who... Um, she is in a... She just finished, actually, a veterinary program in St. Kitts in Nevis and so she was studying abroad for like three years because that's the length of the program and I can't, went to visit her because <laughs> it's the Caribbean so why not <laughs> yeah well. um and one of the things like as soon as I got there we had um you know it was great and we went to the beach and did all that but then we like went back to her place and she just like broke down because she was having a really hard time adjusting to the new cultures and having people at home not understand the challenges that you face, especially as an American. Mm. Um, Americans don't travel. We're a rare breed. And I think that we don't understand that because it's like spotting right. one in the forest. Like, oh my God, an American. There it is. There it is. Go pick its brain. Go see what it's like. And ask, you, uh -huh. ask it every question uh -huh. you've ever yeah. had about America now because it might be your only opportunity right. ever. Well, there's food in their mouth. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. that's, and so... I, I and I was the first person to be like, yeah, no, those those challenges and that fear that you're facing that's real and you shouldn't feel weird about it and I get it. 
And she just like looks at me like, what? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great experience to study abroad and, or travel. Um, but just because some people think you're on holiday doesn't mean that you're not going to face challenges mm -hmm. and you're not going to feel like shit. Um, just because you're in a beautiful place mm -hmm. that's not your home. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I, that, I think that was just the thing that I hated the most about, and I don't mean that as like any shade to anybody no. back home, you know what I mean? Like any friends who might listen to this. It's like, I don't mean to be like, everyone sucked while I was gone. Like everyone no. hated me and everyone was jealous. But I mean, it was difficult sometimes mm -hmm. to call friends in tears and be like, this is what's happening. And oh my gosh. And they're like, yeah, but look where you are. It's like, yeah. but that's not it's like, what would you everything. tell, what would you tell me if I was sitting on your couch right now? Yeah. You wouldn't be like, look at outside, like, just go for a walk. Like, you would be like, you'd be there for me. So right. why does it have to be any different just because I'm in someplace pretty? Right. Just because I'm deciding to post positive things right. because I'm sorry that I don't want to litter my social media with negativity because that's annoying, you know? Like, well, and doesn't I doesn't mean that I'm always happy every single day. I, I have like a million breakouts. I got in trouble <laughs> because I wanted to enjoy my experience, so mm -hmm. I didn't post a lot on social media. You didn't. And I didn't blog because that's just I didn't not at the time. Me either. I know, but <laughs> um and people got upset with me because I wasn't like sharing. Sharing. And but then like, when you share people get it jealous and Right. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, you can't win either way. Yeah. So I'm just gonna do, do what me. I want. Yeah, just do what I want. And, do. you know, I took photos but I really tried to because of things that my grandfather had said to me is really be in the moment mm -hmm. and not just be behind the camera mm -hmm. or on Facebook in your room that's it's four walls like well, anywhere else in the world. I don't know what the internet's so. like in Australia, it's but crap. It, it's awful in New Zealand. It's so crap. being on the internet was like getting off of that wasn't hard. Yeah. But I I mean I did take almost seven thousand pictures, so I was kind of but I kind of like people on the podcast won't see this. I just kind of like clicked. Like, my eyes were looking around, and my camera was doing something different. Like, I wasn't looking through the camera. I was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> and then, I mean, I do think I got some pretty, like, badass yeah. pictures. Yeah, no, you did. Because there was times when I was like, I need to make sure this shit looks good. But yeah. for the most part, it's like, click, 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 like, just everything, every every step, every, mm -hmm. like, every, I just wanted to have it all, like, right. documented. That's why I wrote it down in this big journal, because right. it's just like, oh, my gosh, like, what am I doing? And that's one of the things that I actually regret, is that I didn't take more photos and I didn't journal it mm. because I feel like over time I'm gonna lose yeah some memories yeah but at the same time my excuse is well I just have to make new ones so I just have to go yeah exactly <laughs> exactly but I think that that's good I think that's good motivation and my mm -hmm. like I, because uh, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to hand journal or like, I don't want to write it all down. Yeah, that's like, me. But I, that was why, a big reason that I had a computer, obviously, but I write too, but like, right. I typed it. And once I started like typing it, it was like so much easier to let it all out. And the thing's like 600 pages. Here, I'll show it to you right here on, you know, on the thing. But oh, like, this is. That's like Grapes of Wrath. Yeah, this is a huge, huge journal, but it's everything. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. it's from. I started recording like the day before I left and talked about how scared I was and like the couple of days before I left and how I was preparing all the way up until I came home and like everything in between. And for That's me, awesome. I mean, that was, I want to do that every time I travel and I always encourage yeah. people to do that because I can literally open this journal up to be like, okay, what month are we in? Like, okay. October, I know exactly, this was during depression, this was when grandpa just, I hate the world, I really do, there we go, <laughs> ugh, 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 why, like, you know what I mean, like, I can, I can know just by the month exactly what is about to happen, but, I don't know, not to get too off onto, like, the journal, but, I think that just traveling in general is just the best thing that anyone can do for themselves, whether it's schooling or just traveling or anything I just think that the growth that it brings it will like it really does shape you well and I think it it makes you open and accepting mm -hmm. to other cultures mm -hmm. and my I'm I feel like I'm really fortunate because my family certain parts of my family you know have raised me to accept 
people that are different from me mm-hmm. and not, you know, fear them, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but really experiencing other cultures, um, I think it humbles mm-hmm. you. And that to realize me. you're not the only thing you're not. Or, or, you know, what I'm used to is not normal for everyone. For everybody, exactly. And um, I think when I was over there, I kind of, I mean, I, I knew I was nerdy through college and like I like books and squids and animals and things like that. But it wasn't until I went to Australia where I like was proud of that and I was able to own who I am. Yeah. And um, be comfortable with saying, yes, I love cephalopods and they're amazing. And you laughing at me is not going to change it. Um, and I encourage other people to own whoever they are. Yeah. And I wouldn't be there. Sometimes people talk smack about like when people are like, you find yourself when you travel, but it's true. Those people didn't travel. Exactly. <laughs> it's true. Like, yeah. And, um, and it happens differently for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it, I have found that every time I've traveled, I haven't traveled as much as I'd like, but I've gone on three international trips, two to Australia, one to St. Kitts and Nevis. And each time I have, I've learned something a little bit more about myself and, um, and the world around me. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really special. It's something you can't grasp. Unless you do it. Unless you do it. So <laughs> you might want to delete this, but you can't get it from someone else's blog. Like, you have yeah. to experience it no, yourself. No, I agree with that. You can kind of get a glimpse into what the experience might be like. Yeah. But you can't feel it. Yeah. Unless you I don't. I would never, like, I, I mean, I want people to, like, live vicariously through my blog or whatever, but I would never want for someone to only live through me. Like, right. I would, I want to share my stories like that to encourage people, like, you can do this too, and, like, I want to share with people how to do it. And you can't, I mean, you can get influenced by other people's blogs, but you really can never live right. through someone else's life at all, blog or social media or anything. You really mm-hmm. need to get out there and do it for yourself. Yeah. And I really think, I mean, I'm really happy that you came on the show today. I had a really great time. This is a great conversation. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to try to wrap it up here because we've been going on for almost an hour, and I that's, think we covered quite nice. a bit. For you being nervous. I am nervous. I'm, <laughs> I'm still a little bit nervous, but it's okay. But now it's all over. It's done. Um, well, thank you so much, Anna, again, for being here. I had a great time. And for all you listeners out there, if you'd like to subscribe, you can go ahead. Or you totally if you, should. <laughs> if you'd like to um, check out my blog, it's the same title as this podcast, lifeinanotherworld.com. And if you subscribe, you also get that free story about how Anna influenced me through the death of her father, through my words. Your grandfather. Oh my gosh. Dad's still around. Don't (laughs) worry, people. It's okay. (laughs) In the meantime, thank you all so much for listening. And I'll be around, and I'll see you all next time. Bye.